Welcome to this week's Voldemort Rises episode <laughs> of Spin Cycle, where we try to make sense of the week's or the last six weeks' media's goings-on. There's been a bit of stuff. But most excitingly... Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Intro us. <laughs> most excitingly, we're all back in the studio together again. It's been weeks and weeks. It has been weeks, yeah. I'm Jess Lilly. We, um, here with uh, The Age journo Najma Sambal and Crikey reporter Charlie Lewis, who's winged his way back from WA. How I'm are you guys? They let us have him back. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I really was hoping for a um, lost in the desert ending, yeah, a Burning Man rediscovery. But no, Charlie stayed. <laughs> I, I say stayed the part. Relatively sane. Um, you know, it was it was a. An, I mean, the part just partly about it is that you forget when you leave WA just how distant it really does feel mm. from from not just from Melbourne but from the. Um, one of the kind of points I make about the seat of Jurak, which is one of the biggest uh, electorates in the world, it covers about 1.3 million square kilometres on the north wow. half of of Western Australia. It takes in about 100,000 voters. Is That's the most WA seat possible because you go to any any hub, any regional hub in that in yeah. that area, and you feel like you're on the very edge of the continent and that there really? is an entire world between you, and not just between you and other and, and other kind of uh, communities, but between you and the people who make decisions about how your life works yeah, out. Yeah, of course. Um, it's really, really... Um, and so WA is, is like that on, on every level. Uh, the, 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 the strange time difference where I, I had to get my stories in by like 8.30 in the morning. It's horrible, horrible. Before we go on, I do want to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and that today is Sorry Day, which is a moment to stop and reflect and uh, hold the Stolen Generation's experience and ongoing experience in some cases in our hearts. So mm. acknowledging that. Um, we are we do have some stuff to catch up on. We do. Let's start at the very end, though, before you go into the ins and out go we go into the inner brains of inner, <laughs> of, inner oh, i don't even know what i'm talking about charlie's brain is yeah. wa election night can you paint the picture for us charlie what were you oh, doing what i was doing oh yeah and um, what was it like because it must have been huge wa labor wow yeah i mean it really worked out incredibly well for me because it really vindicated my pitch to my editors that that wa was going to be quite significant this time around um i didn't know quite how significant as it turned out so um I was at the Labour Party event in Midland, which is the, where the Hasluck electorate was was sort of uh, located. Hasluck was one of three seats that Labour had identified as the potential ones that they could take back from the Liberal Party, mm. uh, all things going well. The other two were Swan and Pierce. Now, Swan and Pierce, they were very confident about. Everyone I spoke to, even the most defeatist, uh, cowed Labour person was like, <laughs> now we're pretty sure we're going to get them. Um, <laughs> I love and, that. <laughs> Who was that person, by the way? <laughs> all uh, of us. Yeah, it was yeah. all of us traumatised <laughs> people the still remember 2019. 2019 had left a lot of spooked people in, in its yeah. wake. Yeah. Uh, Hasluck was a bit different. So, so Pierce was was the seat that was previously held by um, Christian Porter, who obviously yeah. had to resign um, in very messy and very controversial and slow so sort of circumstances. Uh, and on on top of that, they had there'd been a big redistribution in Pierce, which had cut it right down to basically the city of Wanneroo, which is kind of in the outer northern suburbs of WA. The so they'd lost obviously a high profile member there and had had a, a kind of new member running, but also the Labour candidate there had been the the mayor of the city of Wanneroo for about a decade, so she had a very high local profile. So they were very confident that both that kind of cut in the Liberal margin and the changes in the demographics were really going to suit them there. Um, the other one was Pierce, which had been held for about fifteen years by the Liberals, but on quite a tight margin. And the 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 member who had been there for that fifteen year period was a guy called Steve Irons, not particularly high profile, obviously nationally but but quite an effective campaigner locally so he'd been like clinging onto that seat once he was gone they felt that 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 factor was gone and that would be able they'd be able to take it back at the outer kind of level of their uh ambition was hasluck 
That was held on just under 6% by Indigenous, Indigenous Affairs Minister, or former Indigenous Affairs Minister uh, Ken Wyatt, who was also considered quite a high-profile, one of the few high-profile WA Liberals that were left, and quite well regarded in his local community, someone that people yeah. knew and liked. Mm. And even if they didn't love the Liberal Party, they often felt that he was one of the more decent and competent mm. members of that government, and that if they had to have a Liberal member, they'd like it to be him. So it was sort of, sort of thought... Oh, if we have a good night, we might just be able to get Hasluck. But even when I got there that night, it was about 6 p.m. in WA. So it, the, 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 the uh, polls have been close for about two hours over east. That Those results were starting to come through. Yeah. And it wasn't looking like that swing was on for Labour mm. nationally that they thought no, they might have had. it started slow, didn't it? It started very slow. And also, and, and, and as you guys would, 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 have, would have seen, you know, the seats that were falling for the Liberals weren't falling to Labour Party members necessarily. There was a mm. few, but it was mainly going to the Teal Independents or the Greens in Queensland. So the, the view was, well, Labour never does that well federally in WA. Yeah. If if the swing is not nationally, it's definitely not on here. So there was a bit of a kind of like, we fought a hell of a fight. I think we'll still get Pearson Swan, but it's not going to be enough. <laughs> yeah. And then um, at one point in the night, the results start coming through and you just see this red wave on the ABC um, yeah. spinometer that was showing uh, the swing. <laughs> the show that it was a 10% swing. And I have never heard a room erupt like that as all the seats they were aiming for just are wiped red completely. Yeah. Charlie, uh, was that the moment that Najma and I cu- tried to call you from that, Daniel's? Yeah. Well, I do want to talk. Yeah, I'm, Malito's party yeah. in Footscray. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk to you guys about your night because obviously, when you called, I was in a room full of screaming red shirts who yeah. were who have probably never been that happy in their entire lives. What, what, I mean, what, what I guess um, I'm interested to know. When you were over there and you saw kind of this play, because there were there were some machinations happening. This all wasn't accidental, as you mm, said mm. that um, the you know some the people behind McGowan's yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. victory also worked on the, the on, on, on the on the strategy for, for Labor. Yeah, they were basically, uh, so far as I understand it, and, and I can't claim credit for this reporting. This is this was in the Guardian this week. Uh, so far as I understand it, they um, were basically allowed. They were left to their own devices. They were kind of like, you guys seem to know what you're doing over there. You've delivered us um, a majority that any government would kill for at the state level. Do what you got to do. And and obviously that kind of played out really well. Well, also Albanese uh, had his campaign launch he did. in WA. He did. He had his campaign launch, which is the first time that either of the major parties have done that since World War II, um, which was a real sign, I think, that... That, that, that both parties kind of knew that uh, WA was going to be quite key this time around. Um, what's interesting, though, is that so there was this wipeout that took out the, the three seats they were aiming for, but they also got at the seat of Tagney, which was so safe for the Liberals that no one I spoke to, not even the most off-the-record kind of ambitious, optimistic chat I ever had with anyone ever mentioned Tagney. Surely yeah. there was some but I incredibly feel... confident person who said, oh, we'll get yeah. Tagney. Well, I mean, the way, the, I guess the, the <laughs> real... There's always one. <laughs> well, There's always one. McGowan had said that back in October. Oh, there you go. Uh, but that was when that, 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 that uh, maybe it was October, October, November, late last year, there was that last poll that showed um, Labour ahead by something like 10% all around the country. And that's when he said, and he's an position to be quite a bit of bravado he said we're going to get Tagney and more as well but since then everyone including him they kind of backed away from those kind of predictions uh so someone might have been saying it but they weren't saying it they weren't saying it to journalists um yeah. well that doesn't surprise me I feel like the mood of this election has been like historical safe liberal seats are up mm. for grabs mm. like mm. so I feel like that doesn't even surprise me hearing that because you know across the board it's like none of these seats that have been like since inception <laughs> you know I, I imagine the Victorian Liberal Party don't aren't feeling um, this is problematic at all since they're such a strong offering <laughs> for the local electorate later in the year. But, um, I, you know, as it is a media show, just to bring it back a little bit, um, mm. the Western Australian newspaper wasn't necessarily going into bat at all no, for a Labour no. victory. It's an interesting one with the relationship between Labour and the West Australian. So the West Australian is the only daily newspaper that WA has. Um, they bought out their competitors at News Corp now. So that's owned by Kerry Stokes. Um, oh, yeah. I was about uh, to say, isn't that like Kerry Stokes? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's having a so, good time. Yeah, what's he up to in the courts, <laughs> funding um, <Yeah>. things? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, there was, I mean, it, it came out late last year when, when Clive Palmer, and I actually think this was one of the biggest factors in the election was Clive Palmer's lawsuit against Western Australia, yeah. trying to bring down that hard border. One of the most popular policies any government has ever introduced was that hard border policy. 
uh, <laughs> and then the the federal government obviously initially at least backed him mm-hmm. in the in those claims. Um, I can't believe that didn't have a very big impact on what people decided to do on voting day federally. Um, but so so the, the the chumminess between Mark McGowan and Kerry Stokes, or at least the the apparent chumminess, came out because they released their texts during the court case oh, that Clive yeah, right. And so there was a lot of like, love that front page, thank you for the support kind of stuff between the yeah, two of them. Yikes. That did cool quite a bit this year um, because McGowan backed down. He was initially going to bring down the hard border uh, on February 5th and then mm. he decided to back down based on uh, more COVID risks and the Omicron outbreak and things like that. Um, and then the the, the 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 paper really turned on him, and, and it's been quite quite harsh since then. But in federally, there's been no real dynamic of that sort at all. The federal Labour Party has gotten very yeah. little positive coverage from the West Australian, uh, and and the only the, so I was interesting monitoring that the Daily Paper. Most of the most of the kind of federal election coverage was was both the leaders. Most of it was. There was a fair bit of hammering on Albanese during the the gaff week at the beginning, which yeah. everyone did. So you can't really single out the West for that. But the only two individual candidates that got any um, front pages for the West, and I think this is significant. One was Ernesto Masarenas, who was the Labour campaigner, the Labour candidate, sorry, for Swan. Yeah. The other was Kate Cheney, the Teal Independent, who was going after ah, yeah. Curtin, yeah. uh, and she's still make, that's still too Has close. She to won call. her seat. She's ahead. I think she will ah, just get over the line, yeah, but it's going right. to be it's still too close to call at this stage. Yeah. Um, those are the only two that they went after, which is I think very very. What was the editorial? So on the in the last week, I think there were more editorials. Yeah, they went they Morrison. went for the Liberal Party. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so that was so, and it's not like the the um, WA candidates for the Liberal Party were gaff free. Ken mm-hmm. White, for example, said that MPs should get a pay rise <laughs> during during a, during a cost during a cost of living election after yeah. his leader has said, "I don't want anyone on the minimum wage getting a dollar increase an hour." He went, "Actually, I on my hundreds of thousands of dollars a year really think I need to get paid more." That could yeah. have made the front page. It didn't. I'm not saying yeah. why that was, but it's interesting. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. you can. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm very interested. I guess, like, um, what are both of your like opinions on kind of like the position, um, the prominence that premiers have had, and how that's mm. kind of affected, um, you know, how voters view, I guess either majority party and how they kind of, um, you know, how they vote basically. Because I feel like nobody really checked for premiers besides people who had like a real stake. But the average voter, I don't think – what do you guys think? Do you mean uh, how they were used in the election campaign or whether they were relevant to voters? Yeah, because I'm feeling like that's obviously – I mean, I wonder whether some of the – you know, I think we were made more aware of our state um, hood, I suppose, for want of a better word, Mm. during COVID lockdowns than any other time in the history of, you know, in my my lifetime. And, of course, Reidenberg wagging his finger at – you know, Victoria well, and that border kind of lockdowns stuff. and that. Yeah. Like we were, I've never been aware of state borders because we've never had to observe really them in any way. Yeah. Um, but this, obviously, in the last you know twenty four months, we have. I think trying the you know attempted sort of leverage of Dan Andrews failed in Victoria. Yeah. Oh, um, undoubtedly. But they're still sort of saying that somehow it was a repudiation of Dan Andrews. Some Liberal Party members have been talking to the media saying. Oh, this is a real well, anti-Dan bit... thing. It's like, but you guys got wiped out. Why wouldn't they vote yeah. for you? If they... They're yeah. all a bit tied in knots, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to have an opinion on that until the Victorian state election yeah, because that, that, I'm not yeah. convinced. No, no, like, that, I, really feel like, yeah, I feel like yeah. there are a lot of people who are very personally holding, you know, Dan Andrews to account well, for I a mean, lot of things that, that they went through. Yeah, I also yeah, yeah, think yeah. a national Labor win will embolden people to... You change know, governments at state level. differently yeah. at a state level. But Najma, tell, tell me about, so uh, looking back on your election experience, because it was, you know, it all started very soon after you started as a cadet at the uh, age. Yeah. And then, and you went straight, like you were thrown straight into one of the most contested Victorian seats in the election, Goldstein. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts I think um, I think there's congratulations to be had for the age and their kind of close coverage of the electorates of Chisholm um, and Goldstein, as well as um, 
more towards the end of the election campaign, Kuyong, I think it was just such a great idea to be looking at those electorates closely because um, you see what happened. It was a mm. teal bath. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think it was such an interesting experience to see how, um, I guess, a lot of Labor voters who early on felt kind of empowered to, quote, not waste their vote. Mm. This election um, in Goldstein who were like backing Zoe Daniel and who really felt that their vote was going to be quite consequential, which it was. Um, and I think it was interesting to see the the, well, the way that um, Tim Wilson um, approached his campaign, um, similar to how... Um, I feel Frydenberg as well approached his campaign, but I also feel like Frydenberg um, kind of went a little bit harder, tried to do um, more. But, yeah, it was just so fascinating to see this kind of, um, like seeing a lot of people not taking Teal Independence seriously, seeing a lot of, you know, disaffected voters become so impassioned. You know, when you spoke mm-hmm. to them, they really felt like this was a movement that um, they could get behind and that very much would, you know, impact their lives. A lot of people like really passionate about climate change and wanting climate action. Um, a lot of disgruntled kind of liberal, you know, rusted on voters who yeah. were completely, you know, um, feeling, you know, kind of disgusted by the kind of um, the hard right, you know, push from the Liberal Party. And I think it was very interesting to see, it was very interest, interesting to see that and report on it. And I think, um, you know, we got emails all the time, you know, mm-hmm. Royce Miller and I. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was fascinating to see so many people in their community just like have such a, feel like they had a huge stake in this. So they were just sort of riled up for the first time in a long time. I mean, it must be. Yeah, really... tell me the last time you thought, like, you thought about a, a Kuyong voter or well, a Goldstein it, voter. Like, I mean, mm. we're in the West, right? I'm, yeah, you know, we're sort the of. Battle out west (laughs) (laughs) we are all west in the west in melbourne and you know i could imagine (laughs) i have no sympathy but i can imagine if you're a conservative voter in you know like maribyrnong or fraser or whatever you you know that that's not about to change yeah Yeah. and so to suddenly feel like that there was something else and i guess that's what happened with a lot of labor voters in those independent seats Mm. They went. Oh wait, actually, there's now something that I I, I feel comfortable with. Our vote counts. Yeah, was, and yeah. the ideal, mm. the the you know, I agree with them, and I could my vote could actually do something. Yeah, and it did. You know, it paid off massively for them. And I think, you know, it's important lesson to a lot of politicians now, to the Liberal Party in general, that you know, historically safe Liberal seats are no longer safe. Mm. They're and- no longer. The same message should be should be for Labor as well. I mean, yeah, I think oh, yeah. yeah, especially with the um, you know, Greens slide. Is that what they're calling it? What is it called? Greensburg? Greensland. Greensland, Greensland yeah. that's the one. Um yeah, which is interesting. And I feel like McNamara in um Victoria is still kind of um still neck and neck. Think, yeah. yeah. So that'd be very interesting. Also, um I think there are I think the way that um, campaigns have been the most interesting thing about kind of covering this is the way that the major parties have approached their campaigning, especially in the electorates in Melbourne. I think that um, they didn't put enough, they didn't put enough effort in it. I just feel like they were like independents wiped them with the floor, um, as did some of the Greens candidates, and it's pretty apparent with some of the results. Well, I think this is something that we might come back and chat to after the after we have a little breath and a song is, um, you know, maybe the weird sort of Murdoch um, message bubble actually did a disservice to mm. a lot of the, um, you know, Liberal and, and Coalition. Like they actually believed that <laughs> that yeah. would have an influence yeah. and that people were listening and they believed that that was representative of the way people were thinking and feeling. But before we go to a song, we haven't talked, Najma, about your election night. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my election night was spent at Footscray Lawn Bowls, my local, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was at... Our member um, for Fraser, Daniel Molino. Um, it, is, it is so triple R that every single person on the show has the same local member. <laughs> I am no, the way least... for it. Even more so is that we were all at a Labour Party. <laughs> but at least, at least we're in the West. I think a lot of uh, in the North. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. We're still we're still technically diverse. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I came in and joined you because I found the um, ABC coverage a bit dire. Oh, so. Um, Such a wasted opportunity, like yeah. I mean, 
I I mean, obviously you guys were busy. Maybe you didn't watch it, but um, I was. I am. I love election coverage. I mm-hmm. will watch elections that have zero repercussions for my life because <laughs> I am one of those idiots. Yeah. But I sat down. I watched this, and I was like, "Why? What's going on?" It was just felt like a massive pity party. It felt like any sort of um, reaction was suppressed. It felt like. The commentary was mm. all very, oh, problem first, problem first, problem first. Mm. And, you know, I don't know, it just, it was, I found it so infuriating that yeah. I was texting you, Najma, and then I just went, ah, oh, And I was like, you're you... just down the road, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah. I need to feel some vibe. <laughs> I know. You know. And, you know, it was a massive vibe in the Labour, um, <laughs> the Labour Party. And I think, you know, I guess you want your... I feel like with election coverage, especially election night, you want it to be reflective of like what everybody else is thinking because it was just so what significant. A yeah, occasion. it was such a significant election, and so many hear, people felt yeah. like yeah. they had a stake in it. Like, come on, have a bit of enthusiasm in the sense of like, you know, <laughs> just a little bit. I think you tweeted, be a bit renegade. Or too much Simon <laughs> Birmingham doing a, a misery wrap up. It's like, dude, that yeah. is the last voice I want to hear. But so I jumped in a cab and came down to Footscray Bowls Club. And my cab driver was like, we were chatting about it on the way, the, the Uber driver, and he's like, well, you know, at least you get to vote. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, so right. many people mm. that yeah. are kind of like in that limbo. And- yeah, he was like, mm. I'm from Pakistan and, you know, that shit doesn't roll. Yeah. True brother, true brother. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> fixing my mind. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like I realised I'd moved it and then I just was leaning in the most awkward <laughs> position to talk. But anyway, welcome to our own personal therapy session as we wrap up <laughs> the last six weeks of chaos uh, in the election cycle. Um, a lot of money was spent and energy mm-hmm. was spent in various parties, whether it be the dollar uh, by Clive Palmer or the energy by News Corp that seemed to have little effect on the voting outcome, which is Mm. really interesting. And I didn't expect it. I was a little, I was a little Miss Pessimist (laughs) (laughs) on Friday. I really genuinely thought, how could you go up against all of that machinery and money and still kind of, you know, we get told constantly that there's so many voters who don't think about, don't engage in the news cycle, don't think about it, mm. don't engage until, you know, election day, are only thinking about, you know, their own economic circumstances, blah, 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 blah. That did not reflect in the vote necessarily. And um, it certainly um, went against the tide in terms of the message that came out a lot from a lot of the sort of um, state-based tabloids and, you know, Murdoch generally. But also the funny one is Clive Palmer spent $100 million. <laughs> and Naj, who did he get less votes than? Legalised Cannabis Australia, of course. <laughs> me cackling at <laughs> Till Kingdom Come. We were so close to getting Legalised Cannabis Australia on the show tonight just as a real I put up a hard fight to get them on. <laughs> it was close. It was close. We, we should, we should we point should out UAP are not out of the running to get a senator up in Victoria. They oh, might still Charlie. do that. Oh. I'm sorry I've got to be the, bow, bow, bow. the, the ghost of the feast as always. But you were the, <laughs> the, the, the Charlie the from... The scold at the party. Hey, but who are we to judge? <laughs> Diversity for the Senate's a good thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it but it does i mean it it does point to um yeah it's not it's not just that you know 100 million dollars a lot of that was spent on the front pages of either news corp or, yeah. or or nine papers and that does tell you that obviously that's no not having a huge impact rats. if you don't get yeah yeah I don't know. I just feel like with this election campaign, I'm seeing it from all the right and hard right adjacent like um, political parties that they just don't like they assume that they're like um, the voter base are stupid. Yeah. Like, they just really like I feel like a lot of people are like, 
I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. <laughs> Especially when it came to UAP. Like, it was like a lot of people were like, I'm not, like, I'm not buying what you're selling um, as good as it sounds. I know that that's not right. <laughs> that's not correct. So, I don't know. I just found it very interesting. They went down this Trumpian route and it was just like, it didn't pay off for them. But yeah. people live in Australia. This is not uh, like, those you know. Ads were I mean, it's like $30,000 off your home loan. You know, all this yeah. stuff. It's just like, I don't know. It's like, how do you, like, when people have actually gone through the process of <laughs> yeah. doing that, it's like, how do you, how can you do that? Yeah. And for yeah. Australians, yeah. like, and I feel like for like Trump, it worked because, you know, for Americans, it can, owning a home is somewhat equivalent to a pipe dream. But in Australia, it's actually a reality, but now not so much. But um, mm. it really did feel... around. It's cheap in America. Yeah, but I feel like in the sense of like, there are real battlers in America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. They have a lot a of yeah. poverty and inequality is yeah. huge mm. there. Mm. And I feel yeah. like in Australia, it feels like kind of in reach. It's yeah, just yeah. you know, so a, a, it's it's much yeah. much yeah. It's very very yeah. tough, but it like but, you, you but it's have not. So many more, yeah. Like there's so many more people that are like you know have a mortgage and that you can look at and be like, oh, perhaps you know I could end up like them. And I think, but increasingly does, though, it's not. Yeah, that's you know, why I, I made the, that disclaimer that mm. yeah. yeah. So, but it also does point to the, the the sort of fool's folly of the the right, the, the hard right, particularly in this country, have been obsessed with importing culture wars. You know, sort of pre-packaged mm. from the US and applying them to situations that don't really yeah. um, apply here. And so I, I think, yeah, the idea that um, it's interesting that the time that it kind of worked a lot better for Palmer was back in 2014 when he actually was, I mean, he was a, he was definitely a populist, but he, he wasn't, a, a, there wasn't the same kind of conspiracy theory, anti-vax. yeah. yeah. World Health Organization is trying to take over Australia's yeah. health services. There wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't a big ins- reaches. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't insane. It might have been, you know, uh, a bit Pollyannish or whatever. But it was a, it was a joined up idea of how the world ought to be. Yeah. It, worked, and that, yeah. it worked for him the last election as well when there were less independent. There was less fracture. In, yeah, there were, and also, you know, I, I, I mean, it's, it's very yeah. a lot more votes in the last election. I've, to I've the always, Party. yeah, I've always wondered about that though. I always wonder if that's partly something that the Labour Party tell themselves to make themselves feel better about oh. that thing. Is like, oh, if he hadn't spent all that money, we would have won. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't. Mm. It didn't get his any of his people up. No, they didn't so, have a great no, campaign. No, that's true. It, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I can't really speak with any great. I should really check on this. Exactly the mathematics of how all that vote worked out, and obviously, I mean, it's it's obviously very very true to say that the advertising was pretty relentlessly anti-Bill Shorten. So maybe that did have a, an impact, but I don't know if it's as straightforward as a lot of people have kind well, of come to the, accept. Yeah, I mean, I guess the seats were a bit closer as well and all that sort of stuff. But, mm, mm. you know, who knows? And Morrison wasn't as, I guess, hated then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was like yeah. he's had yeah. to build up that. <laughs> he's had to build up the scorn. <laughs> but which, I, which brings us to another um one of the I loved uh, now that we can hang hang a bit of shit on um, the <laughs> the Murdoch tabloids because at mm, the time mm. it was pretty it felt like so viscerally like ah when they were doing all those amazing like six page Frydenberg glossies and yeah, all that sort of yeah. stuff but what I, I I do have to one of the highlights was. Um, the um, John Winston Howard walkarounds <laughs> that were covered relentlessly oh by God, the that commercial. Does, that does not age well either uh, now. It's like, I lost my liberal safe seat too. <laughs> oh but, yeah, they were, they were covered relentlessly by, you know, the six, six o'clock news and mm-hmm. um, the tabloids. Obviously, you know, the fact that he had to do that at his age – because no one wanted, no one wanted to walk around with Scott it. Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd think that was a fairly um, a, a bit of a wake up call, a, a sign of something. Yeah, I mean, I think the the really interesting thing about the the role of News Corp in this election is that it's very rare uh, that that News Corp backs losers. That that it, it generally is pretty good at sniffing the wind and walking away from someone that it's been back. So it sort of abandoned Donald Trump towards the end of, apart from the real fringe at Fox News, they kind of abandoned Donald Trump when they kind of saw that the tide was turning against him. And they actually abandoned uh, Morrison, sort of, in yeah, the lead up I to the election. You saying this. There was quite yeah. a, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, Janet Albrechtson, who, by the way, wrote one of the most 
most viciously misogynistic things I've ever read about the teal candidates and the women that vote for them in the lead up to the election, but we'll get to that soon, I'm sure, um, wrote a piece about... No, say Mo- it now, Charlie, because there is an absolutely no structure to this show this <laughs> evening. Yeah. Well, she, she, she wrote Morrison Should Go in, in the lead up to the election, and, and a few people uh, at, at the Australian did. So there was that sense of like, oh, well, they haven't got... What did she say about the teal candidates, though? Um, well, she basically said um, that the... Um, the the women who vote for teal candidates are kind of airheads who are kind of distracted by shiny things and that they were mm. furious because the Liberal Party is not pandering to them anymore and now they think about working class people whereas teal people only care yeah, about rich I people. So that. Yeah. I mean it was it was incre- it was incredible levels of disdain for the people that Vote for the party that yeah. you're active that that, that, mm. that are the natural base for the party that you're supposed to be the the paper that kind of. Uh, is aligned with ideologically, mm, mm. Uh, but and, and so and so it was. That was one thing that was really interesting. But that's a legitimate question, though. Like the, the teals and yeah, like I feel the like the liberal, to class. yeah, exactly. It is. It's a legitimate question, and I feel like yeah, maybe said it was a bit harsh that assessment. But I think yeah, who's looking out for the working class battlers? You know, I don't well, think the- teal independents are. Well, no, because but, that's yeah. not their electorate. So it's not their electorate, and, and that, it's and not they... a wrong assessment. It's just harsh. I... So if they make up the crossbench, they're not necessarily voting for, um, you know, working class sort of. No, r- and that's, yeah, no. but who does? No. And, and that's why they're voting for bigger, yeah, different and that, things. And yeah. that's why I was interested when I went to the um, um, member for. Um, Fraser's party, I had a conversation with some people um, who, you know, from the union and, you know, they are concerned about, you know, issues that, you know, yeah, people, a lot of people are concerned about climate change, but a lot of people are concerned about jobs, the casualisation mm. of, mm. you know, a lot of industries. Poverty. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, Unemployment. you know, yeah. how can a lot of, um, you know, working class people relate to teal independence? I don't, I don't think they care. No, no, but, but that's, they that's were, not. They were yeah, but I don't think that's representative yeah. of those. Seats. That, yeah, yeah, of course. But I feel like a comment like that is I, I can't can't help but agree with it. But I don't. But no, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can you can agree. I can certainly agree with you that there's no there's no necessarily in, innate class solidarity between yeah. Monique Ryan and and someone who is doing it very tough. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I don't agree that the Liberal Party is the natural home of that voter or nor has it ever been and i don't i don't i don't believe the, the idea that that the the liberal the liberal voters abandoned josh frydenberg poor sweet josh who should be prime minister <laughs> i don't believe that they've, they abandoned him because scott morrison has done so much work to alleviate casualization of the workplace or or advance the chance of, of people to strike and organize as workplaces he has done everything he can to uh, to oppose that that's the only just IR, because he says yeah. that yeah. he now represents the working class doesn't mean he actually does yeah yeah of course but i can appreciate that at least being said by somebody who yeah. is on the right do you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. i feel like there's sometimes you know you gotta you gotta give somebody props where they've actually been a little bit like yeah that, that's kind of true and a lot of people are thinking it and nobody's saying it unfortunately mm. and if it's coming from a you know right wing pundit then you know so be it yeah yeah but i i i think there's a category error in her assessment of that the, 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 yeah I, I, yeah, it's I, not the best I, assessment, but I, I feel like you know that conversation should really be had because the the, the oh, absolutely yeah yeah sure sure I should and I think obviously I mean I um am very disappointed that the Labour Party has no apparent ch- plans to make it easier for people to organise and strike in a workplace to get better mm, working conditions. Mm, mm. Uh, th- th- there's a huge, huge lacuna where industrial relations has kind of just been abandoned by every major party as any kind of area for reform. And, and yeah. I'm an, that's my area of yeah. nerdy interest. So we can kind of yeah. agree with the sentiment, but the execution and... At the same time, what, the, what a lot of that Murdoch press is doing is turning things like climate change into a left-wing issue, and it's not. Yeah, it's you not. Know, and yeah, it, it yeah. should never be. And it and just because that's what you know those two independents represent, and I agree with you, yeah, they yeah. have not thought about anything because they don't have outside to outside of yeah. their class, you know, yeah. experience. That doesn't mean climate change is a left issue. It's just not, no. you know. But I feel like um, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Yeah. On the battlers. <laughs> <laughs> On the battlers. But, but what I, yeah, just, just to sort of uh, draw a line into what I, what I was saying before. I probably that, should have not said anything, just no, said that, that from no, the beginning no, yeah, and yeah. been like, On the battlers. No, it's, it, it's true, though. It's, sometimes it sucks when 
a genuinely a, a genuine point comes from the worst possible place, but it's yeah, true. Yeah. You have but, to but acknowledge I, that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I, 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 I think yeah, the thing I, I won't, I'll stop hammering this is that I don't think. The, the, yeah, the Liberal Party have maybe pushed themselves as more of a working class party, but I don't believe that their policies actually bear that out particularly. Yeah. Um, the, no, but what I was going to say was that uh, they dedicated a lot of time and energy to candidates, as you as you pointed out, the the very the very um, warm coverage of Josh Frydenberg in the Herald Sun, the te- Day Telegraph. Uh, as putting... if people in the King Kuyong read the Herald Sun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, the uh, the Day Telegraph uh, spruiking Catherine Deves and yeah, saying the people yeah. are with me. God, they flogged that and, and, to the bitter and, and, end. And, and both of them suffered <laughs> horrifyingly big swings against them. That was um, inevitable for Deves. I do yeah. not understand the, the... why they kept with that yeah. all the way through. But but I'm, I'm, I think the thing that comes out of that is a News Corp losing their judgment a little bit here about what or, – or, or have they just decided this is the contingent that will still buy our paper regardless of who's in power? I don't know what you mean, we... Charlie, because now they're arguing that the uh, the Liberal Party should go swing further to the right, that this, uh, this um, experiment in a moderate Liberal government, which is what they've now branded Morrison's government, which mm. is hilarious because <laughs> for all intents and purposes it was kind of the most kind of right – leaning to, to the liberal ex- government yeah. of all time. Mm. But apparently it was too left and the, the moderates took over and now they should go so far, really uh, to more of, further yeah. to the right. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed uh, Paul Murray on, on, on Sky News saying that he was going to lead the resistance against the mad left. Um, and again, it's actually, I mean, it, it's, it's a point worth making. It's like, so which of these mad left policies was is it labor's support for boat turnbacks that is yeah. mad left is it is it their refusal to commit to job seeker increases is it their their support for tax breaks for the highest earners in the country like what is what, also, what loony left are you talking about? Also, there isn't one in this country. Like, talking about the vibes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the vibes. <laughs> but again, back onto climate. Labor's climate policy is ridiculous. It's, I mean, it's, it's not you know, all that ambitious. They also backed a hundred new coal and gas oh, projects, yeah. which, which is outrageous. So, so the idea that Labor, this government, is somehow left is just—I mean, yeah. thank God for the Greens. <laughs> That's what left really I think, is. <laughs> I think that we do have to pay dues to Adam Bant's election campaign. That was pretty impressive. It was yeah. flawless. Yeah, man. no. Yeah, yeah. And they, they kind of ran, un- and from the media perspective, they kind of ran under the uh, the radar a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. They kind of just did their thing. And, and you know, there's a lot of talk now about how, how good, especially in those inner city uh, seats in, in Queensland, they were just damn good old-fashioned campaigners. They yeah, just knocked, knocked on, on like doors. 80,000 doors. Yeah, they, 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 got, they found out what the issues were in that local area and they, they just sold their platform better than either of the major parties did. So and, and fair you play know, They were there during floods and they were there mm. during crisis and they were actually grassroots providing mm. support to their communities. I mean, that is what, you know, a political base does. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, does raise a very interesting question about if you can spend $100 million getting your, your message on the front page of both major papers for several months and win possibly one Senate seat, and if you can get very little mainstream coverage and get have your best election of all time and get several lower house seats that you didn't previously have that no one was really tipping you to get... Um, what yeah? What role the me- mainstream media in terms of determining elections going forward? Well, it just forward? says that you know we are independent thinkers and we are. I think yeah, climate change, man. And climate, <laughs> and climate I just change. feel and like change. yeah, yeah. That, really, that <laughs> well, does focus yeah, the mind, I mean, doesn't it? <laughs> well, absolutely. A, a friend from Brisbane it's, did send that message to me of, of like basically we've just lived through three months. Yeah, of exactly. Right, and rain mm, mm, mm. down. You know, like it, and scrubbing our walls, and everyone is so. And, and you can't to, hide, but like and, you know, yeah. And to and to watch that play out with the LNP of you know mm. Canavan just turning around and saying, nah, net, mm. you know, net zero, whatever. And it, it's yeah. just like, and, and, and or it may, not zero, whatever it, it, it was. It, it may um, show the folly <laughs> of the shift on in the Liberal Party, not the Nationals, but the Liberal Party shifted very much from outright denial to delay in the mm. last couple of years. They started mm. conceding that it was a problem, and then providing these very very airy, slow long-term solutions that had a lot of question marks still in them. And once you do that, once you concede that ground to the scientists of the world, among other people, um, you can't then – then you're really in trouble when the national starts saying, no, we're not going to do – we're not even going to do that. 
that then causes you a lot of trouble when there are these issues like bushfires and major floods that are mm. beginning to really hit home for people. Yeah, and there's so much uncertainty in the world. There's been a few elections this year, the French elections, and I feel like a lot of people have been so, like the pandemic, and it's just like, you know, like politics has really affected people's lives um, so much. So, yeah, I feel like it's just the mood of it all, hey? Well, I also think that people are getting their information from different places. Like we've all learned to rely on each other as mm. communities and we've kind of really diversified how we yeah. get information. And a lot of focus of that has been on misinformation and social media. But actually there's a lot of truth-telling going on, on a, in a grassroots yeah, yeah, capacity yeah. that probably hasn't been accounted for. And you get back to the cannabis party and you know, <laughs> the reality is so many Many people have had experience with a, you know, um, I know the guy in Noosa, the Noosa Yacht, Club, Yacht Club guy who started the <laughs> yeah, cannabis yeah. party. I mean, his experience is from as a lawyer yeah. and he doesn't, you know, he just sees a ridiculous clogging up the system. There's stupid charges mm, against mm, something mm, that shouldn't be illegal. Yeah. But also from the other extreme, you know, from a health point of view, yeah. it's been proven that medicinal marijuana is incredibly mm. effective for chronic pain relief. Yeah. And you've just got just there are so many other you know sources of information and experience and other countries that we all have access to where you just sort of have to start to say you know what's the point like this is just stupid yeah and something's mm. I'll give but it's interesting as well like talking to a few people um I put out on my like social media you know who voted for the legalized cannabis party so and why yeah. and just about everybody right yeah. had um yeah. got back to me and were just like you know there was a lot of hard right you know in their words you know Nazi adjacent parties <laughs> that I simply couldn't put yeah. Yeah, couldn't preference in any way so um legalized cannabis Australia's looking real good and I'm yeah. sorry yeah. that name is just like marketing genius yeah, like totally. it's just it hits because everything it's, it's, it's an entire policy platform in <laughs> yeah, two words exactly. not bad it doesn't and, leave anything out about what they're trying to achieve and their website was like super helpful i don't think they preference anyone they were just like this is where you see the weed leaf is where you should preference right <laughs> <Vote> one <laughs> there was some I, I think some information was handed to us oh live. yes um i meant to point out sorry i was handed some breaking news while we were talking <laughs> not that we are um, ever about breaking no news. no but It'll be uh, yeah. at a snail's pace breaking news. But uh, I can announce, and, and anyone who's just listening to us and hasn't got access to a laptop, this will be news for them. Um, <laughs> Celia Hammond, um, the Liberal candidate for Curtin, has conceded to Kate Cheney. So that means that the Liberal Party have now lost five seats in Western Australia. Now, this one is very, very significant because... Curtin is the former seat of uh, former deputy leader of the Liberal Party, Julie Bishop. She had it for about 25 years. I, I might have that slightly wrong, but it's at least 20 years. And during that time, she turned it into one of the safest seats in the country for either party. Um, under her predecessor, and this would, was always going to happen slightly, it sort of fell in the 2019 election. Um, and now the the teal movement um, has now made mm. itself felt in WA. They've taken one of the the jewels in the Liberal crown over there. So this is the this could not conceivably. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess. Mm. Did you ma- say this was Julie Bishop's party? Sorry, did this was Julie Bishop's seat? It was her old seat. Yeah. yeah. So I blame her um, posing in a ball gown in a <laughs> <laughs> in a mining pit. Seriously, all of this just kind of like every time I think about you know a safe Liberal seat being lost all i think is like you know kim kardashian saying get your ass up and work <laughs> like i just feel like <laughs> that's what everybody needs to say to the liberal party you need to just get your ass up and work have you ever thought of working hard <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah stop thinking this shit is gonna come like to go you. knock on some doors man yeah. well, <laughs> like I, I, you need to talk to the greens yeah. in brisbane about how they did it <laughs> but it but it is fascinating i'm sure this is probably true for a lot of the seats that went to teals in 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 the eastern states was that it was a double blow for the Liberal Party to have this happen because yeah. they normally Julie Bishop uh, had that seat so locked in, yeah, and she was also a gifted fundraiser. Yeah, she was yeah, very good yeah. at getting cash in. So you didn't have to spend that money on curtain because you could just tick curtain off. They could spend yeah. it on the seats they needed to defend yeah, or yeah. the ones they wanted to pry off the Labour Party. Um, they had to spend a lot of money that they would have loved to have spent it in Hasluck or Swan mm. on saving Curtin, which hasn't worked now. So the ne- And this has obviously the follow-on effect to the next election. They've now yeah. got to fight to get it back. Now they've got to get their ass up and work. They, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Triple R. Were there any 
Uh, can you think of any moments, media highlights, where you just went, ah, oh, that's great, that's a cut-through moment, that was a thing, whether it was good, bad or otherwise? Like, what are the <coughs> – is there anything that stands out now at this point? I'm just going to keep talking because I can see yeah, both well, your Yeah, well, look, I'm trying over. to think, but yeah. for me I feel like um, just reporting on Goldstein and then seeing, um, you know, Tim Wilson concede um, and, you know, Did you up. see any sort of inner workings of how he was trying to play it while you were reporting on it? Um, yeah, I think um, I think he was confident um, and I think that, you know, when you're in a – I keep saying this all night long, in a historically safe liberal seat. Yeah. yeah, of course there's a huge part of you that would be confident. Um, but, yeah, I just think... Um, what do you think about his um, slapping all those outsider, you know, that idea... The Brunswick that, values? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like anything, any opposition to him was outsider. Well, you just need to read your own electorate because yeah. climate change isn't yeah. Brunswick values. That's like human values. Like well, people... <laughs> so it's just... Especially it's, when you got It's insulting and it puts people offside. So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, that didn't work out for you, did it? Um, so, yeah, it was interesting to see him um, concede and, yeah, and like it's always, you know what, I feel like it's always interesting when they cry. Um, and not to like because then it humanizes like them because you feel like you've kind of been like a lot of people have been criticizing politicians but you know even seeing Scott Morrison tear up at his church and um, it does make you kind of go well they are like they're getting fired essentially Mm -hmm. you know you're watching yeah they're getting fired very publicly publicly and hate them or love them they have like sacrificed so much of their life to be in these oh, positions. Job that takes absolutely everything. Exactly, from yeah. and so for you, you do kind of go, "Yeah, that must suck." Mm. Yeah, but that, I always find those interesting. Um, yeah, those How about little you? personal moments. Yeah, those personal moments. And I thought, I thought, I thought Scott Morrison spoke well at his church, but you know, I didn't um, listen. I'm, I'm so <laughs> over <laughs> his voice. <laughs> I don't want to hear from that man. Nah, <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, I mean, the, the, the whole trip was really, um, eye-opening and interesting. It's very, it's very interesting to go back to your hometown and try and make sense of it politically as a writer rather than just someone who lives there. Um, so that was, it was just an interesting well, sort of experience in mm. general. I mean, I do was think... Was this your first sort of on-the-road election campaign? No, it, no. I've, I mean, I've done it. I went, I covered, uh, Warringah, uh, in 2019. So I, I, I was there wow. when, um, Zali Segal found out that she was going to be the next member she was going to depose a former prime minister so that was that was really interesting um and i covered the um tasmanian state election last year which was also which which actually to be honest the best thing i wrote there was from the the port arthur memorial which Mm. was not at all election related um so i think there's always that kind of sense of a uh, privilege that you get to be in the room when a bit of history happens, mm. and and so to be in to be in the one seat where they they were probably it was fifty fifty in the room whether they thought they were going to take it to watch that reaction happen as, as Labour have one of its best nights in Western Australia in the history of I mean well certainly since the time it comfortably its best night since the time of Hawke mm. um, to watch that happen and watch people realizing that it wasn't just the seats that they thought they were going to get, but now they'd taken Tagney, which was uh, a seat that was well out of what they thought was going to be possible for them and that they might take more and that they might take Canning. Um, Can I ask on a personal level, because you were locked out of your home state, um, couldn't yeah. visit your parents during the pandemic, um, and that was obviously a massive, you know, feels frustrating for you. Like, how did it feel to be back in WA with these kind of circumstances, you know, there for work, but also there as somebody, you know, who used to live there? and it's your hometown like how did that feel emotionally did you feel like you know were you a bit resentful of your um god things are getting <laughs> candid in the last five minutes of the show um not maybe i think maybe i went there with some preconceived ideas of what i had decided wa was like and it was interesting watching those sort of develop yeah and go well this is just a singular place it's just different yeah. it is different and that is uh, inevitably shaped by the geography of the place, yeah. the way that it is um, an entire continent away from yeah. everything that that uh, that happens over here, and and it was interesting. It was like, well, I do think for all the lip service that was paid to WA during that time, they did still feel like, well, this is about time, and it's yeah. it's it's about, it's about time that someone came and visited us and actually asked us what we think. Yeah. And the biggest thing was talking to uh, kind of either voters or friends of mine was they they were. They were slightly baffled by how hostile everyone had read the closed border as. Yeah. Where it was like, no, we just 
didn't have the health system for it. We just didn't want to die of COVID. Yeah, of course. That wasn't, that wasn't, yeah. a, that wasn't a personal thing, guys. It was yeah. so politicised yeah. by other states. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 it was, and it wasn't like they weren't aggressively defensive. They were just a bit baffled that mm. that's how it had been right. taken. Right, okay. And the other thing was that they were just... So one of the most telling things that anyone said to me while I was over there was on election night, before any of the results had come in, one of the Labour... Uh, volunteers said we have a volunteer here who's in in her mid-20s i think it was was, her first vote had been in 2013 yeah and she said by the time i got home from the polling booth the election had been called for tony abbott it was already over my vote had been functionally meaningless yeah and and time after time after time wa because of because the time time difference because of the distance because of the way that it votes yeah anyone seeking change often feels like it's utterly futile so this was the moment and so everyone i spoke to was like i can't believe we might actually be that we might be the ones this time (laughs) we might actually change things whether they were voting conservative or or liberal they they knew that they uh they knew that their vote meant something that it hadn't for a very long time and that Um, seems to be the mood of this entire election from the teal independence in the wealthy suburbs to you know people all the way out in wa like people felt like their vote really could change Mm. things and i feel like that's like you know not to be a little bit you know, cliche, you know, that's democracy, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, no. It felt, I mean, that's what, you know, the narrative, it was, it turned out so yeah. different from the narrative of people who were supposedly the ones who knew what they were talking about, the people yeah. in power, which is mm. where we will bring it back to for one minute before we have to go. Has the media learnt anything this week? We've already seen, you know, a lot of Murdoch, New, Sky News, desperately bleating that the Liberal Party needs to go further to the right. You know, we had the, we've had the whole Voldemort thing. (laughs) I watched, I was doing that. I was folding some washing on Tuesday and I had uh, news 24 on with a um, news conference, a presser of uh, Albanese in Japan for the quad thing. Mm -hmm. And some guy, (laughs) some Australian journal, everyone's, he's chatting about the, you know, international thing. This is what we're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And some Australian journalists did start like hounding him on some Mm. real local Australian issues. And he just sort of looked really baffled. It's like, why are we doing this? Yeah, we just had the election campaign. (laughs) This doesn't work. Like, let's, enough, enough. Yeah. Do you think that lessons will be learned or this is what we have to put up with now from news media? I don't know. I feel like I don't have any kind of like you know, grim assessment that's what's been done has been done, but like more like kind of interesting reporting on like local electorates. And Mm. I feel like, you know, just, you know, thinking outside the box or just looking plainly at things and going, maybe I should do that. I I just love stuff like that. So, Mm. and I think, yeah, just, and I think being interested in places for the sake of it, because people live there and people are interesting. Exactly. I, I, I made a real point of going to a couple of very safe seats, one for Liberals, one for Labour in WA, because I think those because I think the, the seat of Jurak, which we talked about earlier, and the seat of Fremantle are both very inherently interesting places. Yeah. I wish I'd actually taken that a step further and gone to Tagney, which is another <laughs> one that fell, because I didn't even think about that one. What's really interesting is that neither of the... This tells you how how safe they thought it was. Neither of the major party leaders ever went there during the yeah, entire campaign, yeah. so no one was thinking that was going to flip. Um, so I think, yeah, no, I think I, I, the 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 interest in people and places for the sake of it is is really good. That's all we've got time for. Stick around for Neil Rogers in the Australian Mood. We'll be back next week. Uh, you've been tuned to Spin Cycle on Triple R with Nashmat, Charlie, and Jess. See you then. Bye. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us every week on your favourite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Nadge Samble, at Lily Juice, and at The Shuffle Diary. You can also listen in at rrr.org.au via On Demand for the radio version of the show. Want to support Spin Cycle? Become a Triple R subscriber. Your subscription helps keep the station running and helps Triple R produce and create great radio and podcast content like this.